Ohio uh, born and raised, first Central Ohio player drafted to the NHL, and current assistant coach of the Cleveland Monsters, dad and husband. How's that? I'll put that in there so I don't get in trouble. (laughs) I was was hoping you wouldn't overlook those. (laughs) This is Trent Vogelhuber, and you're listening to the Monsters Eye View Podcast. Guest here in just a moment on the Monsters Eye View podcast, Trent Vogelhuber, assistant coach for the Monsters, will be joining us. But thought we'd get things started as we often do, uh, or at least we did on the first episode, as we've only done one of these uh, with Nicole Telvolano here, Tony Brown with you. It's the Monsters Eye View podcast, episode number two. Trent Vogelhuber coming up, uh, but Nicole, I mean, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about the Monsters. Uh, it was a long couple of weekends I can tell you that right? with three and threes on the road for the second and third weekends of the year but the monsters playing great they earned at least a point in every one of those six road games yeah they've been doing really well I know uh, they fight right till the end it's been really entertaining to watch them how have you been feeling getting back into that three and three grind there yeah they throw you right back into the fire schedule wise <laughs> here as we uh, adjust to a normal season but no it was great I guess if we want to just rehash the most recent yeah. weekend monsters on the road in Syracuse uh, well they played awfully well against a, a team in the crunch that I think is pretty good. Um, Daniil Tarasov got back into the net for the first time since opening night. 36 saves, I yeah. think. And I mean, he looked awfully, awfully sharp. I think it's going to be fun to watch him and J.F. Barubi in net for Cleveland this year. Yeah, they're definitely a fun duo to keep an eye on. And Tarasov, you know, we got definitely a little bit of a taste of him last year, but we're starting to see him more. And he's just a, you know, big guy. And, and fun to watch, just move around and his saves and everything. And excited to see more of it. Yeah, he's, he's uh, you know, got the size for sure but he also plays with this confidence and and very athletic goalie too so he's really in the best possible way kind of all over the net and uh, I've really enjoyed watching him that takes nothing away though from the guy that was in net the following night in uh, Hershey when the Monsters uh, after they lost 3-2 in a shootout on Friday in Syracuse came back and beat uh, the Hershey Bears uh, on the road in a shootout by a 2-1 final score J.F. Berube was absolutely stellar I mean not just solid he was fantastic and his numbers this year are amazing through four appearances. He's 3-0-1, sub two goals against. I think his save percentage is somewhere around 97, 98%. He was lights out, and uh, I just can't tell you how confident the Monsters seem playing in front of these two goalies. Yeah, eight rounds in a shootout. That was insane to watch. Very uh, stressful to tweet, but it was something that it was fun to go. It was crazy. It just kept going, and like you were saying, he no goals during the shootout for him, and the game itself was amazing. So he is uh, definitely one of the top ones for me right now to keep an eye on. Oh, yeah, and Kevin Stenlin got the yeah. uh, game-winning goal in the shootout there and, and had a couple of points in Syracuse night prior. Good to see him get going. He's since been called up to the Blue Jackets, but uh, uh, just a really, really excellent player. You know, going back to that Hershey game, I mean, you told me this. You you had the stats note there. Longest shootout since, and I didn't realize this at the time, but that game in 2017 against Rockford at home, I think that was the uh, Indians night as it went nine rounds, because I remember it was like, you know, bottom of the ninth inning. (laughs) Oliver Bjorkstrand wins on Indians night, but it was an awesome uh, shootout, and the shootout is, you know, it's funny, like I talked to Mark Letestu about it during the trip. You know, how do you coach something like that. I mean, right. these are standings points on the line. You want to be able to win these shootouts, but he said, yeah, there's not much more you can do than just throw them out there. Right. I think just earlier that week at practice, I happened to catch the end of it and they were practicing those shootout goals and what that was like for all of them. So it was uh, funny to just remember that as we were watching this eight round shootout go. And I was like, oh, yep. Saw that all happen at practice.
practice the other day. So, <laughs> so uh, the Monsters uh, won on Saturday in Hershey, then rematch on Halloween. You know, of course, that's that's a tough game for the Monsters. Third in, in less than three days. But they did great again. And, yeah. and this Hershey team is really big, really physical. Uh, they really clog things up. The forwards all talked about how tough it was to get to the front of yeah. the net. You know, uh, a beautiful goal from Liam Foodie, little drop pass uh, from Tyler Angle, who has consistently been setting up his teammates, leading the team in scoring all assists in eight games. He's got uh, eight helpers so far this year. But another really strong showing against a uh, really strong opponent in Hershey, one of the top teams in the league yet again. Yeah, the two of them, Angle and Foodie together, has been something. I know I was going back looking at some of the goals from October, and the two of them just connect really well and do especially a lot of those very, uh, I don't want to call them trick moves, but you know, the drop passes, like fake out passes to get the goals. It's all been really great to watch. Angle, uh, Angle's great at setting things up. It's been fun watching him again this season. Yeah, that top line with Brendan Gaunts in between those two guys, yeah. Foodie and Angle, has been super effective and just a great balanced lineup. So after those uh, three road games this weekend, the Monsters threw eight games this year, 4-1-1-2. One, one, They're technically in second place in the North Division, but they've got 11 points to Utica's eight. Now yeah. the Comets are 4-0, and oh, but they've only played four games yeah. this season, so the Monsters have played double the amount of games that they have so far. But honestly, Nicole, like as we look across the league, like I don't see a lot of teams deeper than Cleveland. I don't see a lot of teams with better goaltending than Cleveland, and the scoring has been really balanced throughout the lineup, so I think Monster fans should be really excited about this season. Yeah, really excited, and also just really excited that they're coming home this weekend. That will be the biggest part uh, to see is them back on the ice at home, and especially against Belleville, because I know you know we're just going over it quickly, but that was part of the first 3-3, three and three, and those games were very uh, interesting to watch, very chippy, <laughs> very <laughs> aggressive, so it'll be nice to you know have a good opponent like that coming back in for the first games back home. Yeah, no love lost with yeah. Belleville. <laughs> uh, historically, that's been true since they came into the league, and that, that certainly uh, was the case up there in Belleville at CAA Arena in that first trip of the year. So the Monsters take uh, with them into these two home games this weekend a, what, a seven-game point streak, I yeah. think it is. The only game this season in which they didn't earn a point was opening night. Yeah. Um, and a six-game road point streak, earning a point, like we said, in every road game so far. A lot to be excited about, uh, including today's guest on yes. the podcast, Trent Vogel, Huber Monsters assistant coach, joined us. True Ohio hockey guy through and through. He's always candid. He's always uh, forthright with, uh, you know, his thoughts on, on his career and the greater picture with the Monsters. So this was a fun conversation. I think the fans are going to like this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, we work with him so much, but we never get to do those longer sit downs and have so many conversations with him and he was a great guest and definitely uh, gave Mark Latestu a run for his money. I know it's been a little bit of which assistant coach is going to be better on the podcast for the two of them so it's a hard hard one to judge there. Yeah both really good uh, and, and we talk what I like too is we talk a little bit about you know the other elements of this industry too and life in this business yeah. not just hockey not just trying to keep positive momentum and a trajectory in your career but also what it's like to live in this business to you know have a family to sort of balance everything and so a lot of good stuff coming up from Trent Vogelhuber without further ado let's get to it uh Trent Vogelhuber is our guest today on episode two of the Monsters Eye View podcast enjoy it everybody all 
right. Well, we are here with our, uh, what, Nicole, second ever guest on yeah. the Monsters Eye View podcast. And we were just saying before we got started here, it's a pretty high bar with Mark Letestu. Uh, it was pretty solid in the first episode, but very happy to have the other assistant coach on the Monsters bench, Trent Vogelhuber, with us today. Folks, thanks for doing it. Uh, how do you feel? Your podcasting debut here? Uh, you, you nervous? What? Um, I guess I am a little bit now that uh, I see that the bar has been set so high. I wasn't before you said that, but excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for being here. And yeah, Tessie just wanted us uh, to let you know that he was first uh-huh. and uh, he thought that was important to, to mention to you. So, Got it. All right. So let's just start with, uh, you know, I mean, of course, you've, you've been around the Monsters now for quite some time as a player and then leaving the organization, but coming back in a coaching role. You know, we've talked about your your history as a Columbus area product, as somebody who, who actually was a Cleveland uh, guy growing up and then went to Columbus. But let's just start there because it's a natural place to begin the conversation. Uh, you know, we've seen in the years since you made your professional debut, lots and lots of players from the Columbus area uh, sort of break into the, the professional ranks and even with the Blue Jackets uh, organization. So just, uh, you know, as somebody that maybe started that trend a little bit or was there in the early days of, of the growth of Columbus hockey, what does it feel like to see all these kids that uh, you've gotten to know over the years kind of uh, carry, you know, the, the hockey community in Columbus to, to new heights? Yeah, uh, well, it makes me feel old. The guys that are <laughs> committing to college now, I think, are, you know, 2,000 plus birth years. So definitely makes me feel old, but it's uh, it's good to see how far it's come. I mean, the first time that I was when we played travel in Columbus, we'd cut play even the Barons or the Chicago and the Detroit teams, and it was, you know, 6-1, 5-1, 7-1. You know, I usually right. scored the one, but <laughs> no, it, it just, it's come so far. Like the team now, Ed Ginger, the head there, the AAA program's done such a good job, and Columbus Blue Jackets have kind of partnered up and helped give them, given them the resources. So it's, I mean, it's, it's just, you can't even, from where it was when I played there and where it is now, it's just crazy and there's no it's not surprising how many kids are committing to college playing in the NHL playing pro from Columbus the Blue Jackets coming to town have done a great job and the AAA program has done a great job and they're as good of a program as anybody now in the nation that putting out talent so really fun to to be able to see that right in our backyard yeah and and to you know have relationships with a lot of those players too I mean it's pretty tight-knit right Uh, a lot of skating goes on over the summer etc with guys you know in in the central Ohio area yeah big time there's kind of a small group still of, of the guys that are pro right now. I'm, I know that's going to be growing soon, sooner than later, but there was, you know, five, six, seven, eight, now probably close to 10 guys born and raised from Columbus that are playing pro hockey, you know, obviously the, the Sherwoods and the, the Murphys and Corrali and Roslevic and but the list goes on and there's new young guys coming up. And But yeah, it is. It's kind of cool um, now in Columbus because Columbus, you know, is such a great town and the Blue Jackets have treated those players so well. You have a lot of Blue Jacket players who stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so guys like Castles, his dad played for the Blue Jackets, loves Columbus, and raised his kids here. So Castles is a Columbus kid, you know, he wasn't born here, but he spent the majority of his childhood. So that's another thing that will help the, specifically in Columbus, and will help that youth hockey is the pro guys stay, staying around. Like, there's a pretty good alumni group of Jackets that, that uh, stay in Columbus, and those guys know hockey. <laughs> so they help not only their own kids, but the other kids that are that are coming up. So, but yeah, just the that group has been, it's been really fun to be a part of, even though I'm not really a part of it anymore I'm on turn to the dark side <laughs> right. but um, they're awesome I'm still buddies with all those guys it's great to see them at this in the summer and um, it's a really 
it's a tight knit group. So let's uh, you know let's talk about one. You, you mentioned guys that play in Columbus stick around the area. One of those guys that's done that is is Mark Letestu, and uh, now you find yourself a guy you know well and have a relationship with. You're collaborating with him as assistant coaches on the Monsters bench. So we asked him a little bit about your guys' working relationship as he transitions from development coaching to actually being on the bench. Just how fun is that for you to be able to work with somebody you know and respect so well in this kind of a capacity? It's awesome. I coached Mark a couple of years ago. You <laughs> right. know. Exactly. Taught him everything he knows. No, um, but I did. The first year I was coaching, he was on the team, and that was obviously a transition period for me, the same one he's going through right now. When he was on the team as a player, I knew pretty quickly, you know, me and uh, Steve McCarthy talked about it. Like, if I was a, ever a head coach hiring an assistant coach, he would have been one of my first calls because he's, you can tell some of the players that will transition smoothly like that, that are right. meant to be coaches. And he's such a smart player, does all the little things, understands people, besides being a good player, which obviously he was, it's all those little things that you can see you, when you're standing behind the bench or with him every day in practice when he was a player, you're like, yeah, you're going to be a good coach. Right. And so I knew that coming into this year uh, when that opportunity arose for him, I was personally really excited because if I was hiring, he would be a call of mine, you know, so it worked out perfectly. Yeah, obviously, the, the Blue Jackets management felt the same way about him, and uh, we're only five games in, but, uh, I mean, he's he's older than me, and he's been around. He played in the NHL for a long time, so, you know, I've, I've been a coach now for, this is my fourth year, so he's learning a little bit from me as far as how that transition goes, and I'm learning a ton from him because he's so hockey knowledgeable, so it's been really fun. I mean, hopefully for, for both of us, definitely for me. <laughs> so you're talking about the transition, especially back at the start, so for you um when that happened and you know as you're continuing to go in your career who do you uh like draw influence from from coaches that you've had in the past yeah all you can do is take from coaches that you've had you know so i was lucky enough to have some pretty good coaches i had john cooper and junior um i had uh obviously brad larson my first couple years pro as a head coach and then i had jared bednar a few years for a coach there along with Nolan Pratt as the assistant so I mean young players that come into the American League you really can make or break potentially some of these young kids career with the coaches that you put in front of them I was so lucky to you know I wasn't that talented I could have gone either way as far as having a little bit of a pro career and having those guys kind of guide me helped a ton and so all I can do is do what those guys did for me and that's you know the the Larsons and the and the Bednars especially from when I was a pro the way they went about their business from day to day the way they treated their players the attention to detail just the way you run a practice the pace and execution that you require your players to the standard you set and your, you know that bar that you you try to keep I felt I learned how to be a pro from them right, right? they redefined hard for me um, so those are the guys that I that I've taken from so far and Mark's had some pretty good coaches as well so he can now being in the locker room take from them and teach me it's really been fun we're talking here with Trent Vogelhuber Monsters assistant coach on uh, episode number two I can't believe we're on to the second one already of the Monsters I View podcast with Nicole Del Villano. Tony Brown here with you so uh, let's talk about your coaching role a little bit this year you know of course the season always starts up in Traverse City or at least that leads into training camp and it's a great starting point and you found yourself as the head coach of the Blue Jackets uh, uh, team up there at that tournament and this year with Steve McCarthy leaving Cleveland and heading up to Columbus to join Brad Larson's staff your role maybe expands a little bit here with the Monsters so how have you enjoyed this peek at, at what it might be like to be a head coach up in Traverse and then just expanding things maybe a little bit further as the years go on in your career I mean Traverse City first was great experience for me I mean I was the guy you know running the bench calling the shots calling the bus time 
running the practice. I mean, there's a lot more. Once you get into coaching, you realize it's not you're not just coaching. It's project managing, and there's logistics, and you know, communicating every your plans to everybody. So that's been a huge learning process. But being able to get that experience, especially there, was awesome personally for me, and hopefully the guys there had a good experience as well. Obviously, we won four games, so good for them. But um, it was it was really good. I'm glad I got that experience. And here, you know, with McCarthy going up, I've taken obviously some more responsibility. So it's yep. been great. And that, that week or two in Traverse and at training camp kind of helped me prepare, you know, s- sped along, I guess, a little bit leading into the season. So I feel like I've handled it well. After after three years, I've, I feel like I was ready for a little bit more as I'm growing and understanding things and learning. I've certainly gotten a lot more. So it's a never-ending learning process, but I'm having fun with it. Yeah, learning as I go. Yeah, and does that little taste, like, does that change the way you, you think about your career going forward? Like, do, do you think, you know, in terms of I want to be a head coach one day or are you thinking about the league you want to be in at the end of the road or how does this little taste of an expanded set of responsibilities change the way you think about what's next yeah no I mean I'm not I haven't really I mean I didn't even want to necessarily get into coaching the opportunity arose and I decided I'd give it a shot and turned out loving it when I was a young coach come in wanted to be an assistant because you can be buddies with the guys and that's what I naturally kind of was so it fits that role and I still am you're still that kind of you know friend coach uh, as much as you can be but I've gotten that experience a little bit more I've enjoyed it I really have I mean it's uh, I'm not making plans for the future at all but it's definitely good to get a taste and realize okay maybe you know maybe I maybe I could do this maybe I would really would enjoy it you know it's you kind of when you're first doing it you're kind of drinking water through a through a hose a fire hose you know (laughs) but then after you kind of get the hang of it it's you you know you like it (laughs) you know so you kind of grow to like it uh, as I'm sure more responsibility with any profession is like that so I've I've enjoyed it so let's talk a little bit now about life outside of hockey you've been a part of the hockey industry for lack of a better term for a long time now and and you know you didn't have to worry about much when you're in your early 20s right you're Mm -hmm. you're worrying about yourself but now you've got a family and and, and things have changed a little bit for you. Uh, how's everything going in that regard? And uh, how does it change your relationship with the sport and the industry now having considerations beyond the rink? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that was part of the whole the whole reason why I made the transition to coaching when I did. It was my son was born a couple weeks before that. I was in Columbus's training camp on a PTO. And in order to keep playing pro, I probably would have had to go to Europe to play at the level and, um, you know, yeah. make the salary that I wanted. I mean, if it was me, I'd have been gone, you know, so, but I get, you got a two week old, my wife's from Columbus as well. So when the opportunity arises here, it's not about you anymore. You right. know? Yeah. So, so it was with Cleveland where I was born and had played previously. It just fit perfectly. My wife loves Cleveland. You know, if we're on a long road trip, she's always able to shoot uh, down to Columbus and vice versa. Both of our parents live there. So, I mean, this, it's just been, you know, if it was in California or something, I'm not sure I would have taken, taken the job because of them kids and and wife and I'm glad that it worked out I'm glad she's on board my son loves you know Cleveland I don't think he knows any better but he loves Cleveland he's around the rink all the time which I know he loves that so I think it's pretty clear that we made the right choice yeah so like this level you get a whole bunch of guys in different parts of their lives you get the young guys who are single and just moving to the city or you get guys who are bringing their families out here so how does that like family dynamic translate that you know a lot of these guys are relocating where they don't know people and especially you now in a coaching position like sort of helping them like be a part of a different type of family yeah no it's I mean that's every year play you know you 
you try to get the team to, to gel together as a family and outside of the rink everyone has their own stuff going on right so it can be tough but you have to I, I think doing things away from the rink together as much as possible is important when you really care for each other spend time with each other outside of hockey I'm a big believer that that naturally translates to a little more success like it can put you over the hump from a good team to a great team if you really are playing for those guys so you know as a coach I don't get to, to be involved in as much of the the fun extracurricular activities that the team does um, we can do some fun coaching bonding stuff and you guys can be invited to that too <laughs> but um, no the players it's it's uh, we've got a great group of veterans that are helping the young guys along and a big group of young guys that can stick together you know it makes a big difference when I played in Cleveland I think we had 10 guys that lived in the, a building together we went to dinner together every night we you know we'd get ice cream you know we'd do things after games together we would go to Indians and cat like it just bonds you you know so I think we have a really good group of, of those young guys together and then a really good group of the old guys that will still they still pop in and show their faces at those events and it just makes it really fun when you enjoy each other outside of the rink you know uh, not to not to talk I mean we talk so much in Cleveland about the championship in 2016 so not necessarily specifically about that year but in general that's a championship group of people and, mm-hmm. and coaches that collaborated to build to achieve something together that was really spectacular so when you think about teams that you've been on or or you know teams that you've been around what are some of those intangible non-hockey things that have to happen in order for a team to go from you know winning a lot of games and maybe making the playoffs to putting together a run like that and actually achieving the goal I mean you can't draw that up really as a general manager of how the players are going to get along off the ice they enjoy each other's company like you enjoy coming to the rink every day and working together and then you enjoy getting lunch with each other you enjoy getting dinner with each other just over the course of a six seven eight month season you just you do you become a family and obviously you need the on ice talent you need good coaching you need good goalies you need to have people that can put the puck in the net but that little extra at the end of the day that's what you remember that team that I played for in Cleveland obviously we won but when I look back like I still have multiple many many really good friends that I'm in touch you know like that's what it's that's what it's all about so if you can build those kind of friendships and family over the course of a season with good hockey players it's a recipe for success and I, I mean I know our, it's still early with our group right now but there's not a, a bad guy in there through five games they've worked really hard so that's a pretty good start for us just to sort of expand on that too like what are your thoughts on this year's team like on the ice and how they've been looking you know you said they're working hard yeah. but anyone like standing out we're still learning the new guys and even the guys that we had last year it's it was a different league last year right like uh, with the taxi squads in the NHL arguably your best five or six players were gone so you could say that it was maybe a little bit of a little watered down as compared to what the American League normally is we're still learning about the players that we had last year where they fit roles are a little different to start the year we have a lot of good hockey players here obviously goaltending is kind of your backbone and we've got three really solid goaltenders so that is really encouraging there's not any one of those three guys that the team doesn't believe they could win in front of. So that's a, that's key, obviously. And then we've got, I love depth, especially in the forward group, not being able to have a big difference in, in trust from the coach or between lines one and four. I mean, right now it's, you saw an opening weekend. It was technically our fourth line, you know, on the lineup sheet. They scored the game winning and tying yeah. goal mm-hmm. and they were the, our best line that weekend, that whole weekend. So that's awesome to ha- be able to have trust in your team and teammates trusting each other. Someone's going to step up, someone new every night and that's 
that's kind of what we've had so far is somebody else has kind of shouldered the weight on any given night, which um, is good for longevity for sure. Talking here with Trent Vogelhuber, Monsters assistant coach. It's the Monsters Eye View podcast with Nicole Delvolano, Tony Brown here. Um, so in a minute, we're going to wrap things up with what we call our shootout. Nicole's going to handle that. Some quick hitter questions for you to put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. But uh, let, let's just wrap it up with this. You know, the, the big sort of headline from Sunday in Toronto at the end of that last road trip there was Justin Scott getting a big milestone. And, and you know, on the one hand, you know, it, it means a lot to the player. But on the other hand, it means a lot to the organization, too, to have somebody that we count on in so many dimensions, not just on the ice, but in the community, you know, in anything we ask him to do. He He's always there, ready to pitch in, ready to be an ambassador for the organization. And to have the stability of having a guy like that of such high character uh, be with the team for such a long period of time, it just means a lot. And it's not that common in the game these days. So if you could just uh, weigh in a little bit on your experience with Justin Scott, how he's grown since you first got to know him way back in, uh, what, he was a black ace in 2015-16, all the way till now where he's really a pillar of the organization in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, he came in, again, that year that I played here and we won, he came in at the end of the season and was around with us for the playoffs and became a part of that group and family even though he wasn't on the ice but he, he got a great taste of I think it was really good for him to be around that kind of atmosphere as a team and he was learning learning what a winning team looks like and feels like you know yeah. and that's why he's one of our leaders now is he knows what that's like he does everything the right way and like he said uh, players especially in this league where there's such high turnover someone doesn't stick around if they're not of high character and they don't do everything the right way so it's no accident right that he's been here for so long we if he's willing to come back we'll have him he's such a good guy everybody loves him in the room he's a hell of a player out there does everything we need could fill him in in any spot in the lineup takes pride in all the little things I mean those are the guys that you win with we're trying to develop young players especially to the next level and we're trying to win too he helps us with the winning part for sure and those young guys developing watch Scotty see what he does he deserves it it was um, wish we could have gotten that win for him but he, he scored in the shootout to keep it a live which was awesome for him he's been as we expected through the first five games of the year and we know that's not going to dip just because we've had such a large sample size with him now so uh really fun for for me to be a part of be around him as a coach and good for him yeah and and he's an awfully humble guy but uh it was really cool i think after the game to see him with all of his friends and family (laughs) there i think he had like 30 people almost from from down the road in burlington (laughs) yeah and even he couldn't hide how uh, proud he was in that moment so i thought that was pretty cool yeah it was awesome it was awesome he was the hometown kid Everyone was, you know, giving it to him a little bit and ribbing him in the mo- in the locker room, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Monster. And but no, he was uh, he deserved it. Yeah, it was awesome. So speaking of the shootout, Scotty yeah. did convert. He's one for one this year in the shootout. Now it's your turn, mm-hmm. Trent. So Nicole, let's go uh, go ahead with our shootout segment here, which uh, I think Testy did pretty well. So uh, let's see what you got. All right, we'll go with the first one. I'll keep it pretty easy. What is your favorite movie to watch on the bus when you guys are traveling? Oh gosh, favorite movie on the bus. Most guys like comedy. Um, I'm I like a little bit more. I don't know. I like like drama. Like we watched um, not the town. What's the other Boston movie? This Departed. The, Departed. Yeah. We watched Departed, which was per- I love that. So, you know, like right up. That's right up my alley. Departed or the town for that matter. Both the Boston <laughs> movies. So stuff like that. I don't know if I have one specifically. There's definitely some that I've seen way too many times that I don't want to see again. Right. Most of those comedies. But um, yeah, I think anything that uh, like I like a little bit of something to engage me and keep me busy substance. for a while. <laughs> yeah. A little something substance. substance. Yeah. And as long as Billy Sweet. He's picking the movies, you know. It's yep, Boston the Boston selection. boy. That's right. That's yeah. right. All right, on to the second round. Uh, what is the favorite rink you've ever played in? Oh gosh, favorite rink I've ever played.
read in. It's um, easy to give a political answer here, but we'd like an honest <laughs> answer. If you I mean, honest answer for me would probably be the rink that I played in in college, yeah. Um, yeah. which was at Miami there, Steve Katie Arena at the Goggin. I just, yeah, when we played there, it was sold out every night, and we had I got some pretty good memories from there. And it was a pretty brand-new building when I was there from 09 to 12, so that's that'd probably be my choice. All right, and then last one, who was your favorite teammate? to play alongside oh gosh. It's a tough question I know. that just is saved it question. for the last one that's a tough one. <laughs> oh man well let's just in pro hockey yeah it would have again that's really tough to, it's the whole point I of can, the shootout second yeah and you're at center asking. ice you're all by yourself I was, I was, you know you're on the spot yeah no softball questions no, no. here um well i roomed with i roomed with um tj tynan the year that i was here and that was just i mean <clears throat> that was probably my favorite year of hockey in general. So, and him and I spent a lot of time together. So that was uh, he's he's up there for sure in the running. <laughs> and and we had again like there's a bunch of guys from that team specifically. But yeah, I, I I'll go with Tynes because uh, we were roomies and we had a pretty good time. Reigning AHL MVP too, yep. worth yeah. noting right yeah, there. Yeah, good for him, folks. Great job. Yeah. You made it. All right. We'll report That's it. back. It was a good one. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, very generous with your time today. We appreciate it. And uh, I think uh, bragging rights, I don't know. We'll see when I edit the episode. But you're right there, neck and neck. I'm going to tell Testy that you you guys said I was better. So <laughs> okay. just, That's fair. <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. Really yeah. appreciate it. up there from Trent Vogelhuber. Uh, you know, I think we said at the top, you know, he's competing with Mark Letestu, best guest we've had. I think it's 1-1-A, right? Yeah, I agree. You know, I think the best part about the two of them is how easy they've made it for us. They're great <laughs> guests. They've made this, kicking off this podcast, go really smoothly for us and super fun. I mean, they've been great. That's right. That's Nicole Del Villano, Tony Brown back with you, capping off episode two of the Monsters Eye View podcast. Uh, we are actually recording from OBM Arena right now. Practice is going on for the monsters but this has been a really fun project and what i like nicole about the podcast is we've got it all covered now we've got the radio broadcast we've got the telecast we've got monsters ot there on valley sports great lakes and now we're uh, you know trying to put our foot in the door here in terms of podcasting what can't we do in the monsters media department right now man i don't know we're covering <laughs> everything but it's fun doing it along the way yes it is uh great job again this week and uh you know we'll keep you guys posted as we uh have our upcoming guests scheduled here Episode three, a couple of weeks away, and we'll get to work on on booking that. But so far, so good. Another successful episode in the Monsters. Most importantly, back on home ice at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse on this Friday and Saturday night at 7 o'clock against the Belleville Senators. Looking forward to it, Nicole, as always. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. All right. That's Nicole Del Villano. I'm Tony Brown. This has been the Monsters Eye View Podcast, second episode. And again, our thanks to Trent Vogelhuber, Monsters assistant coach, for joining us. Thanks for listening, everybody. 